Allegorical Life. This is the podcast where we discuss the metaphors of life, leadership and everything in between. Welcome back to another episode of The Allegorical Life. My name's Jordan and as always, I'm here with Mark Rosweller. By way of introduction for those of you who don't know Mark, he's worked in crisis security and emergency management for over 30 years. His experiences, both personal and professional, have taken him into the world of philosophy, often intersecting with the worlds of theology and mythology. Mark often talks both nationally and internationally about these intersections and how they shape the way we think, speak and act. He talks about the ways that they can influence both the quality of our leadership and, more importantly, the quality of our lives. Mark, welcome back. It's great to have you here for another episode of the Allegorical Life podcast. Now, today we're talking about some of your most recent writing on the concept of looking back, living forwards. Now, in this post on the Allegorical Life blog, you talk about the ability for all humans to make their own meanings out of events, circumstances and situations. Why do you think so many people overlook this powerful opportunity? The point of the blog out of this podcast is to say, look, when when something happens, first of all, don't make it mean something immediately about yourself because it probably isn't about yourself. It's probably not about you. It's not about me. It's just something that happened. And then if we can get clear on that in our minds, then we can look at it and say, well, <clears throat> what do I take from this or what, what can I learn from this or, you know, why, why is this circumstance in my life? And that's where the choice comes in because uh, if you could disaggregate everything meaning something about us and just see it as a set of arising circumstances of which we're a participant in that circumstance that's not all about us, it's far more complex than that, then, then there's the power of choice to say, well, hmm, actually, it's not actually all about me here. So I'm a participant, but it's not all about me. So, so what's my role? So, so maybe what did I contribute? Uh, what, what did I, you know, set up in terms of causes in order to experience the effect? Uh, or what's the what's the lesson of virtue? And, it's, and generally speaking, most memorable experiences are experiences to teach virtue. So whether it's the virtue of compassion or patience or kindness or love. Uh, those sort of things. I think ultimately that, or forgiveness, um, th- those things are what we take out of the most memorable experiences. So I think that's why, again, a cautionary note that when, when we look at how we interpret an event, it can't be done in an amoral context. It has to be done with a sense of morality or a sense of ethic uh, because that's where the lesson is. And it's kind of happening uh, to teach us how to participate in the broader world. So so what's the lesson you take from the experience that is useful to yourself but is also useful to the world in which you operate? So there's a, there's a mutuality there. So there's, a, there's an obligation and a mutuality that arises from the interpretation. So, so I, just, I just always, every time I speak on this, I, I have to caution that it's not just about us. So whatever lesson is taken from the experience of which we have the great privilege of bringing meaning to the experience has to be seen in the context of the broader world and the place in which we operate. It's part of being authentic. Uh, it's, part of, uh, it's part of higher purpose. What do you think are the benefits of choosing our own meanings and experiences? So I think the benefit of choosing is that, um, th- that we get to choose a, a better part through a better interpretation. That If we can step away from it being all about us and realising that it's not, that it's a it's, you know, we're a part of it, we're, you know, we've shared in that experience, we've participated in it in some way, shape or form, um, but it's not all of us, then I think we, we get a chance to choose a better path um, as we leave it behind us. So, um, you know, many experiences are, are, are 
are quite adverse. Or, or um, you know, people often use the word uh, evil, for example, and it's, it's in this context, it's probably a, a reasonable word to use for the sake of the argument that you know, some bad things happen. There's no doubt about that. Bad things happen every day, and and they can't be interpreted any other way. So that, that's why I mentioned before about the morality or the ethic that you, you, we can't say that. You know, nothing bad ever happens. It's just not true. You know, sometimes awful things happen to people, and it is clearly, you know, in the category of evil or the category of darkness or, or non-virtue or harm. So, so we can't step away from that. That 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 judgment of morality, that that judgment of value, is very very important. But uh, it, by the same token, that all of those experiences are not pure evil. It, it's simply not possible in this realm to experience pure evil. Um, uh, to do so is to you know play play in the in the space of black, uh, which means we have to play in the space of white in order to combat it. Well, well in, in Christian thought, that's God and the devil, uh, and, uh, you know, or, uh, or, or Buddha and the Maras, and, um, and so it goes on. So we're not in those realms. We're we're in a human realm. And we, you know, we're having a whole stack of experiences as we navigate through. So even that that darkness that we have to navigate through, which is purely, which is you know quite clearly bad or um, uh, harmful, is a dark, often a very dark shade of grey, but it's not black. So if it's a very very dark shade of grey, it implies there's some white in there. Now if there's some white in that, that's the thing we look for in the experience. We say, no, actually, I'm going to take what's beneficial. I will take from this experience what helps me to navigate the world, what helps me to be a better person and contribute to the greater good of humanity. And I'm going to take that and I'm going to leave the rest of it behind. Um, and that's the power, Jordan, of choice. And it's the power of looking at an adverse set of circumstances and bringing our own meaning to the, to the situation. So, yes, we will judge it. Yes, we will have an adverse experience and it could be quite harmful or painful, but there's still something there to take from it that's worthwhile. I would say to anyone, just look for that and, and, and over time get rid of the rest and keep going, uh, move on and keep going. And that, that's the great power of choice in any set of circumstances. So there's really two steps, isn't there? There's this first step of learning how to actively interpret an event uh, or a situation and to find your own meaning in it. But then there's also that second step, isn't there, where we learn to reflect on that meaning and kind of pull it all together in the context of our own lives. How do you recommend that we do that? I, I think it's a combination of life experience, but also education. And, and um, I've said this for a little while now that, you know, most people want to be educated within 140 characters on Twitter uh, or, or a quick five-second view of a Reddit uh, posting. And if they don't get an education from a five-second view of a Reddit posting, then it's not worth looking at. Well, we are kind of dumbing ourselves down in society and, you know, you don't have to go and read the entire works of Immanuel Kant. Uh, or the entire works of Aristotle to start to get a sense of philosophy, but I do think we need to be just a bit reflexive, uh, you know, back into back into our you know rich education and bodies of knowledge that we have all generated over the centuries, and we're living in a generation now that's almost written all of that off and said, look, it's 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 that's all irrelevant now, you know, me and my world. We are so individualistic in society at the moment that people think that they have within them, within their consciousness, all of the knowledge they need to navigate through life. Well, that's not true. You know, we, we are human beings that are constantly evolving and unfolding, and we carry with us enormous amounts of ignorance. Uh, it's, part of, it's one of the greatest delusions or stains on the human mind is how much ignorance we carry you know, of relative truths or conventional truths 
but also have ultimate truth, the ultimate truths of spirituality. So, so really, we should be, you know, navigating through our lives, understanding we don't know it all. In fact, the Socratic principle, so Socrates, Socrates was a bit of a troublemaker in society, and and he was so much of a troublemaker because he kept challenging people's concepts of reality, and and he was very good, at, uh, very good at logic. So he would say, you know, explain to me why you think that way, and ultimately. Uh, he wasn't trying to make them look foolish, but they would end up looking foolish because they'd run out of argument. And and so they got sick of this, so they said, look, we're going to put you to death. We've had enough. And and they said, but look, um, if you give up your ways, if you stop making people look foolish and you stop using logic and reason and intuitions and all those sort of things to, to get to truth, uh, we'll let you live. And he said, well, why would I want to do that? He said, he said, I'm, I'm, he said I'm very happy. He said, I am very happy knowing that I know nothing. He said, but how foolish are you that you think you know something? And and that was the essence of his message, um, which was written by Plato, of course. And and so he died happy. He died knowing that he knew nothing. Now, it's it's called the Socratic Principle. And and, and I think um, if we carry that with us in all experiences, and all, all it really does is says, look, we just don't know it all. And so have another look and keep looking and keep learning and keep interpreting and understanding through lived experience uh, you know, through music, through through relationship, but also through through our literature and all of those things we've developed over the centuries still have value. And we, we have a society today that just seems seems to not want to tap into that and seems to think that it's worked it out. And what what makes it even more complex is we're about to move into artificial intelligence and machine learning. And there's a real risk here. And Stephen Hawking said it before he passed. Bill Gates has said it. Uh, Elon Musk has said it. There's many people have said, be really careful here because we, it could make us incredibly cognitively or rationally or um, or spiritually lazy by having everything thought for us, by having machines do our thinking. I I, I worry a lot that, you know, hum, the human race, and the human race tends to be able to navigate out of its own complexities over time, of course. That's why we're still here. But 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 in you know, really we've got to stop and say there's so much to learn. Don't throw away all those things that history has taught us and, and our, our great bodies of knowledge have taught us. So, look, I know it's a long-winded way of answering your question, Jordan, but I, I can't stress enough that the lived experience is you know is very much a part of how we learn. But I think you have to couple it with knowledge and education, and you know the great thinkers, the great writers, the great philosophers, the theologians. The, you know, the, the mythologists, um, whichever, and they're the, the theatres in which I look at in terms of knowledge, but it doesn't matter where you look. But really, you know, learn to reflect on life as you experience it, but learn to reflect on the great bodies of knowledge that will help you to interpret those things much more liberally and deeply than are just simply our own experience. So if we only rely on our own experience and our own intuitions, uh, we'll probably continue to perpetuate our ignorance. to the Allegorical Life Podcast. Mark, what do we do with the wisdom and the insights that we get from this kind of reflection? Do you think it's purely a solo introspective journey or do you think we can come out of this and create some concrete actions in the real world? I think it's both. Um, the first half of life is conquering the outer world. So, we, you know, we build careers and families and make money and build houses and all those um, sensible things to do in Society, and then we get to middle age. Most people tra- traverse some sort of crisis. A lot of people's karma turns up in their thirties. You know, the negative karma, at least, which is re- really where the big lessons are around the virtues of life. And um, 
And then that kind of forces introspection. Um, and so I, I don't know a person who actually doesn't travel this road in some way, shape or form. And I, I mentor a lot of people. I speak to people you know, across the globe really about this stuff and the stories are so similar or the paths are so similar. Um, and so there is an introspection. Um, but that introspection, and I've said this in other blogs and podcasts, is about really finding your gold in your experiences that the world needs. So, so nothing is wasted, Jordan. No experience is wasted. That, that we are travelling this path together. One of the biggest risks in society at the moment is how fragmented we are. We, we have record levels of depression, anxiety, um, um, the, the consumption of, of uh, medicines to try and navigate everyday life, the consumption of alcohol, domestic violence. It's rampant in Western society because, uh, and they put it down to many reasons, of course, but one of them is... Uh, the, the, the rampant nature of individualism and the disconnection of society. We are we are fundamentally social beings, and you know we need each other to, to you know to to speak to, to reflect upon, uh, you know to draw compassion from, to give compassion to. It's really the essence of what makes a good life, and we're moving away from that. And so, so I think the experiences that we have are introspective. They're they're there for us, so that they help us to understand who are we and. You know what's what's the best of us, and also you know what's the worst as well. So how do you navigate through that? But 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 ultimately, what's the gift uh, that you that you've brought to this world uh, that that somebody else needs to experience with you? And so any experience is mutually beneficial. It's, it's beneficial to the introspection of the self, but it also needs to be beneficial to the progress of humanity. And, the, and if you couple those two things together every experience becomes worthwhile. If it's only about introspection and self and it's never shared or understood in the broader context, it becomes narcissistic and, and people will get stuck on it and they'll put a story around it and they'll live through it and they'll get more and more depressed and, and, they'll, and they'll distance more and more people around them. So, so it has, there has to be a mutual benefit in any set of circumstances and that starts all the way back to how did you interpret what happened? What did you take as a lesson or as a learning or as an opportunity? And how can you apply that to, in your life to, to you know, make for a better world uh, for whoever it is that you interact with? And lastly, Mark, can you give listeners an example from your own life where you've turned a story on its head and changed both the meaning and the learnings of that event? So, so many, many times, Jordan, it's, it's almost a daily experience for me because it's a, a part of my meditative reflection. But look, look, the biggest one was the diagnosis of incurable cancer. And, and so, di you know, diagnosis, incurable cancer, uh, um, prognosis, um, you know, five years. And so a, a good friend gave me this anecdote. I use it a lot. I didn't come up with it, but it's so relevant. Um, you know, she said that, you know, she accepted the diagnosis of her condition but she refused to accept the prognosis and and uh and, and i take the same view and so i had to reinterpret that experience uh you know profoundly differently to how i first saw it and and i even with that experience i realized it wasn't all about me that that who i was was not just a bunch of blood cells and you know skin and bone and everything else there was so much more to who, who i am than just my physicality and that sort of helped me, you know, move to a path of a more spiritual leaning, I guess, or a more spiritual outlook. But, 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 but that was a reinterpretation of of an event that was a you know, profoundly difficult in my life, and I was able to turn it around, reinterpret it, take the best out of it. It really, really taught me what what, um, what and I spoke about this in previous blogs about uh, a podcast. Sorry about 
um, what it means to face mortality and how it shifts your view. And, that, and that's part of what I'm saying about great capacity to choose. So, so, even, so the biggest event in my life was that. But, but to be straight up about it, there's almost every day things happen that I could interpret, interpret myriad different ways and I choose to interpret in a way that's beneficial to myself and to others. Uh, and I, and I realise in almost every circumstance without exception that most of it's got nothing to do with me. Uh, it's just a set of circumstances unfolding in life for which I am participating in and interpreting a certain way and therefore I have a chance to interpret it slightly differently. Thanks for joining us today on the Allegorical Life. If you're enjoying our podcast, you might like to add a review on iTunes and that'll help other people find us as well. Thank you and we hope to have you with us again soon.